So I want to share something. I was kind of debating about this, um, and I know a lot of you really love when I give Uber testimonies. My wife and I, for those of you who don't know, have drive for Uber part-time, and it's been a process. It's been an incredible blessing. It is a source of provision from the Lord, but way more than that, it gets us outside of the church. We get to drive people from literally all over the world, all walks of life, all different places. You know, I, uh, I read to the school of ministry a prayer, a time of journaling I had with the Lord, and I asked him if I was supposed to do Uber or not. And in an unusual way for me, the Lord said, yeah, it's going to affect this area, that area, this is going to happen, the other thing's going to happen. I'm, I'm, I got it written down. I still have it. And everything that he said came to pass, including when people get in the car, if I'm intentional and I pray, Lord, I want them to experience the atmosphere of heaven in the backseat of the car. It's amazing how true that is. And if people find out, or often when they find out I'm a pastor, oh, good heavens, I've become a bartender, a beautician, and pastor all rolled into one. The confessions that I get from the backseat. I'm thinking of installing a little kneeler, you know, because people <laughs> just want to start telling me stuff that I, I sometimes I don't want to know. But, you know, oh, but this week I had an uncanny experience. Uh, and I think it's partly because of Miko's challenge to us to be praying for people to come from the northeast, south, and west to bring the people into our family that God has for us to pray for the leadership. Hallelujah. That was last week, folks. And so Monday morning, I go out driving, and I meet a young woman. I think she was from India. I'm not going to use her name. She gets in the car, and we start chatting. And the very first thing she asks is, so what do you do other than this? And I said, well, actually, my wife and I pastor a church that's out by the Portland airport. And then she goes, oh, what piece of advice would you give a young person to have a successful life? Can you believe that? And I, I said, well, I, I did two things. I said, you know, honestly, I really believe a great deal in, in active listening, learning to be present with another person and hear where they're coming from, what they're going through, to really let them know that you're listening and you care. And, and you know, that is a huge gift. It's an amazing skill. It affects every area of your life. And I still believe that. Active listening is absolutely huge. Without judgment, without defensiveness, to learn to just be present with another person but then to learn to be present with God when you're present with someone else and to kind of open that door for an encounter. But I told her, you know, the most important thing in my life, honestly, has been my connection with God as my extravagant father, knowing that he is really for me and growing in that relationship, becoming secure in his love so that I know that I'm loved and I can learn to love others the way he has loved me. And that has made the biggest difference in my life of anything. And she got really excited. And she said, you know, when I was a little girl, I knew God was there. And I used to pray a prayer that when I would meet somebody, I would ask God, God, if there's anything evil in that person's heart, anything that they want to do for my harm, would you please protect me from it? And she said, I had tremendous faith that God would honor that prayer. And he really did. I never had anyone really do evil things against me. And she said, but as I've gotten older, I've really drifted away from that, and I really need that faith again. I need that connection. And so I was just blown away. So we talked about, uh, if you ever have an encounter, and guys, it, it's coming. It's now. It's here. Um, all, people are hungry 
It's amazing, and we keep talking about it, and, and then people go, oh, well, I'm not an evangelist, or I'm not an intercessor, or you know, I'm not a prophet. Don't, don't do that. You're all of those things. The Holy Spirit is residing in you. He can activate all of those things anytime that he wants. And so this girl and I just launched into this conversation, and I've never heard this before. This is not the four spiritual flaws. Um, it was suited just for her. Uh, I said, you know, before there were Christians, before there were Israelites, the sons and daughters of Adam and Eve heard the stories from mom and dad. They knew that they walked with God in the cool of the morning. They had this loving relationship with him. And it says in Genesis chapter 4 that at that point in time, they began to call on the name of the Lord. Before they even knew what to be called, they just knew God's there. I want to talk to him. But God isn't satisfied with kids who are just talking at him. He wants to open that door to be able to talk back. And so he sent Jesus to make it possible that we don't love the way God loves. All of us have sinned and fallen short. So he made that provision to send Jesus so that that intimate, loving, empowering relationship can be opened up for everyone who begins to call on the name of the Lord. Amen? This is the gospel, folks. I mean, you're all looking a little bored, but I'm excited about this, so I don't care. I, no, it was, it was an amazing encounter. Well, this girl, I could just feel the anointing, and it, was, it went the whole time. But here's the part that really got me, as we just shared all of that, and the gospel, simple gospel story. And uh, as she got out of the car, she thanked me, and she said, I just, I want to thank you so much for being so generous with everything you've shared. Generous. It really struck me for her. It felt like I was sharing something very close to my heart, something very real, but also something very, um, what? Filling, encouraging to her personally. So I am overwhelmed and grateful for that opportunity. And you know what? It's a first fruits. And if he's doing it in me, he's going to be doing it in you. So I, I spent more time on that than maybe I should have. But you know why? I've never heard the gospel presented that way. To start with, if you believe God is there, you call out to him, and he has made a way to speak back, to hear his voice, to walk in empowerment with him. And so I, uh, I have an odd verse, maybe, for today. It's been bothering me for a while, and then Lori asked me about it this week. And so um, I, I want to go deeper than just God is a loving, extravagant father. But God wants to smear us with anointing. The, to, anointing of the Holy Spirit means to actually be smeared with oil of the Spirit, to glisten, to reflect light the way God reflects light. The Spirit empowers us to do that so that we can be happy all the time and never face challenges, never have any problems. We walk in divine bliss and peace overflowing and everyone praises us, and all of our needs are met, and it never goes under 70 degrees in our life. It's amazing. I'm sorry, but I've had this lie that when something goes wrong in my life, it's either a reflection on Miko or some other person. It's a reflection on me that I've failed that if I was smarter, better, more prayerful, more compassionate, these bad things wouldn't happen in my life. Oh, 
Or, worse yet, it's a reflection on God. I talked with somebody who followed the Lord, and the Lord spoke clearly into their life. I've walked with them for three years in a very painful season, but they're afraid to have an intimate relationship with God because what he said to them was true. They responded in faith, and their circumstances didn't get happy. Their circumstances became challenging, and now they're like, wait, I don't know if I want to talk to God because last time it led to some challenges in my life. This is not a superficial message. This is not a message for the faint of heart. You know, Jesus even said it is impossible that offenses won't come. They're on their way. People are going to mistreat you. And you either hand over your ability to grow in love and care and compassion, or you become hard-hearted because of that, by, by getting offended. So there are challenges on their way. Any faith that isn't large enough to contain our understanding of suffering and of challenges is not an adequate faith. And by the way, we've got to take our eyes off of how big our problems and our circumstances seem to be. And we need to put our our eyes on how big and adequate our God is. But that doesn't make the challenges go away. That's the challenge. So, you know, I'm actually praying for this person that I was talking to because they have limited now their walk with God based on their circumstances not working out the way they thought they should, even though they're in a much, much better place than they previously were. So uh, I I read this to Lori, and if the Lord's going to be provoking us, he's going to provoke you too, so sorry. Misery loves company. Philippians 1, 29 and 30 says... For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, call on his name, know that he's there, believe in him, trust in him, walk in faith, not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have okay half of you can leave now if you like because i'm paul is praying for conflict paul because we represent the kingdom of god and the ways of the kingdom are significantly different and at times offensive to the values of the culture that he lived in and that we live in and paul's saying so you saw the conflict in my life you saw the suffering how many people in our culture would be pointing a bony finger of accusation at Paul right now if they were watching his life unfold the way it does in the biblical story. Paul, you messed up again. They stoned you. Must have done something. You caused a riot in that city. Good job, Paul. Right? But he knew his life was about something different. And so the, the title for this message is actually Enduring Faith. God seems to be very committed to having us persevere to endure challenges in our life. And it's not because he's against us, it's because he's for us. And when we begin to understand that there is purpose, value, strength that comes out of the struggles we have in this life, all of a sudden it elevates the struggles into not something that's wrong and to be avoided, but it elevates the struggles into something that gives God glory. That's a good word right there. 
Because I know none of you have problems, but just watch me if you want. I'm the leader. I'm conspicuously before the people. I've said, God, I'm willing to be a fool for you. You know, it's amazing he answers that prayer. So don't pray it unless you're ready. So really, the springboard of this whole message was this verse out of Philippians, but the anchor of it is Romans 5, 3 through 5. And it says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. I would say that takes a measure of faith. How about you guys? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God, 1 Thessalonians 5.16, knowing that suffering produces what? Endurance. And endurance produces character, and character proven hope, and hope does not Put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That word endurance is absolutely incredible to me. What it basically means is it flows from, the, there's a word dokomaso in the Greek, which means a test or a trial. And there's kind of two tests, basically uh, two Greek words. One, dokomaso is a type of test that God sends. And it means it's a test to approve. It's a test to make you genuine. It's a test to show even others that you are trustworthy. You're worthy of trust because you've put your trust in the Lord. He's worthy of your trust. You trust him in your circumstances. And others go, wow, look, Lori's trustworthy. Lori doesn't quit. Lori doesn't give up. Lori trusts God. Lori doesn't blame God. Lori doesn't blame Miko, even if I do. How? Sorry, I, you sat on the front row. Yeah. By the way, I, I want to welcome you guys as visitors again, too. I was so happy when I saw you here because you sat on the front row. It's like, oh, man, they're front row Christians. I, I, I'm not picking on people who are in the back row. You guys, I love you all, too. I know you're rowdies. Yeah, you're, you're so loud and rowdy, you have to sit back there or you'd be a distraction. So no judgment. It's a judgment-free zone right here. Oh! So I missed something, and I think I'm glad I missed it. So... No, this word endurance is actually rooted in that same dokomaso, that word uh, of testing, of going through a trial. Um, and it made me think about Romans 12 too. Um, the whole class, the supernatural power of a transformed mind that we did at the School of Ministry was absolutely, it just rocked me. And I think it's part of the reason Arnie and I are reading through Romans like I challenged everybody, fall back in love with your Savior, man, and just... The Romans road is that way to intimacy with God and to know his heart toward you and his plan and all of that. And Romans 12 talks about um, testing and approving what is the will of God for your life, learning to discern what's going on around you. And in that process, your faith deepens. It becomes genuine. It's like, uh, I think it was Bill Johnson used this Example, that imagine you uh, go to an attic in your home and you find a painting and it looks like it is a Picasso. And you don't know if it's just a reprint or if it's a counterfeit. So then you take it to a specialist who actually knows intimately how to assess a, a painting. And then all of a sudden, the good news comes. No, it has the right paint. It has the right age. It has the right look that is a genuine Picasso and you've now gone from a painting that's maybe worth a hundred bucks 
to a painting that could be worth a million dollars because it's been tested. It's been approved. God wants to prove the gold, the value in each of our lives. And it only comes through struggle and through conflict where we don't turn away from him, but we hold on tight because he's a good God. He's in a good mood. He works all things together for good. And you either really, really believe it or you just mouth it. And how else do you go deeper into showing people there's hope for this world? Because hope doesn't disappoint when you put your hope in him and not in your own actions. So it made me think of uh, the story of Mary in Luke 137. So God wants to put his favor on our lives. And Mary was what? Highly favored. So God has to even send an angel to announce, give a, a, a living word, a, a spoken word to Mary that you are uh, highly favored and the Spirit is going to you know, rest upon you and you're going to conceive you know, of the Holy Spirit. And it's like, wow. And I love her reaction. Well, in fact, let me turn to it because uh, it's just so powerful, actually. Whew. And there's a couple of points. I'm just trying to stick very close to my theme. So, you know, Mary is like gets this announcement, how can this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you in power of the Most High and overshadow you, and therefore, yep. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, Mary's question, how can this happen? And then verse 37 says, for nothing will be impossible with God. Okay, stop for a moment. So Mary has now been given a revelation by the word of her destiny, of her identity. And of course, her mind is boggled. And then that great statement, nothing is impossible for God. That word is very interesting. What it basically means is God calls all of us to the impossible. If you reduce your Christian life and walk down to the things you can accomplish in your own abilities, resources, and giftings, then you're not stepping in the fullness of the life God has for you because you don't even need him. But he calls you to healing and to deliverance and to salvation and to breakthroughs, to, you know, things that you're not capable of doing. You can't do it. You can't, you can't heal a cold. And yet then God gives us that mandate to go out and do the impossible. And that word implies basically this, that any freshly spoken word of God that he says over your life is already empowered to fulfill itself. So yes, Mary, it's impossible for you, but nothing is impossible for God because any, for any freshly spoken word from God will empower you to already fulfill it. That's crazy, right? Uh, I'm only going to refer to this, but it does make me think of a... Oh, um, oh, I love this. First uh, Kings uh, eight fifty six. I don't know why that's verse day today. So, if you're if you're taking notes, um, but it's one of my favorite passages. In it, it says that not one word of God has failed of all of His good promises. Every word that God has spoken, everything He's ever said, the word He said to Mary was already empowered to fulfill itself for people who would trust and endure. Isn't that crazy? So what happened? 
Every, there was a party. They killed a fatted calf. Mary, oh, we're so happy you're from our city. Wonderful. Now you're, you know, pregnant by the Holy Spirit. We're so excited to see the Messiah. No. What the person closest to her was talking of leaving her. And and Joseph had to be an honorable man because he didn't want to embarrass her. He wasn't trying to set her aside or shame her. He wanted to do it quietly. And what did it take? It took another angel coming and talking to him. Because it's a pretty big order. You know, and he knew he didn't do it. So when God's favor begins to rest on you, when you're smeared with the Holy Spirit, some people who are close to you aren't going to get it. They can even oppose you. And then what about the embarrassment of being a single young woman who everybody knew she wasn't married and she's walking around the village and you can't hide it? She had to live with that. Does that boggle anyone's theology? Does that frustrate you? That God speaking into her life, giving her a word and anointing, caused trouble? Why? Because Mary said, let it be unto me according to your word. And she had to hold on to that. She had to reflect. She had to ponder. She had to remember. She had to trust. And people watching her, whoa! (laughs) Look at the criticism. Look at the ridicule. And yet, she walked it all out. That is endurance. That is proving that you're genuine. That is becoming trustworthy worthy how many times in your life has god wanted to do something in your life and he did it he brought something tremendous out of your life out of terrible circumstances one of the hardest things you've ever faced in your life if you entrust it to god is it not true in time you'll look back and go well i don't even think that situation was from god but i trusted god and now i'm grateful for that disaster for that disappointment, for that nightmare. God did something in my heart he couldn't have probably done any other way than by that knothead falsely accusing me, me trusting God, and God proving himself faithful again. Wow! Now my faith is emboldened even greater because it's experiential. And it only happens by those who are willing to endure, to persevere. It made me think about, and I looked it up again today. It was a very interesting study. I I looked up all the churches and revelations. Do you know what the one common denominator is that God spoke to all those churches in the first century and he's speaking to our church today? To him who overcomes. To him who conquers. Because you've already got the victory. You're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from the victory of the cross. And it gets dark, and you get filled with doubt, and you get frustrated, and you can get offended, and then you come back into your right mind and go, wait, I cannot accomplish in my life what God has called me to without him. It's all about, I'm going to keep my connection. I'm going to keep contact. I'm going to hold on to that word that was spoken that's already empowered for its own fulfillment, and I'm going to continue to hold on to the one who spoke the word. You, You can't. Live the life you're supposed to if you have a love of the law. We live by the law of love that only comes through the connection that we have with him. Amen? Hmm. So those churches 
had to wait. It was interesting. It said enduring patiently. Those churches were, had to become conquerors by enduring everything that was going on against God's people at that time. And then they're proven faithful through that endurance. So um, I, don't, I don't know if this is really landing the way that I want. Again, it's another quiet Sunday that's so weird. You know, we've had some really rowdy Sundays lately. Uh, the only thing that encourages me, ho, is a trend that I'm seeing these last three months. Uh, in fact, I want I want to share this again because I know that this is not just unique to us. Uh, when we went to the leaders' advance at Bethel, the first night Bill Johnson came out, and now they're doing it at the Civic Auditorium because I think they outgrew the church pretty much. And so there are a couple thousand people there, and Bill Johnson steps out the first night and he goes, okay, I just, real quick, I just want to do a quick poll. How many of you are experiencing an abnormal amount of favor and of God's spirit just resting on you in this last three months? Guys, 90% of the auditorium, yeah, something's going on. We don't even know what it is. We don't know what to call it. And, and so it's like, oh, that's so reassuring. The church is getting shaken. The church is breaking loose from old mindsets. I there is a new covenant release of power, of authority, of anointing on the sons and daughters of God. And like that girl in my car, she's just a very first fruit. People are going to think it's generous when you talk to them with respect and with honor and with dignity and with a destiny for each person. When you see the gold in another person that they can't even see and you begin to speak to it in a way that helps draw it out, come on. This is an amazing season, and I'm not going to get tired of talking about it. And so, you know, last week I, I, I was speaking on a subject, and everyone was like pie-eyed. Ta I talked to several because it freaked me out. And they're like, no, we were just so engrossed, we didn't know what to say. Well, I hope that's true because you look even worse this week. But the, the one common denominator I have noticed, and maybe you guys have too, man, after service, we'll do a, a little soft close, a dismissal, maybe a ministry time. You people don't leave. Lori and I are having to chase you out. Everybody's praying for each other and talking together and enjoying the presence together and just resting in the spirit. How in the sanctuary? I mean, and if you're not doing it, just sit and soak a little bit. I mean, come on. We've worshiped. You know, we've had testimony. We're listening to the word of God shared under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Why do we want to run off? Where is there better to go? Oh, by the way, I love that song, Take My Hand, the whole thing. It was all intimacy. It was like, okay, if we don't maintain our connection, we can't live the impossible life that we're called to because it's all about abiding anyway. Oh! So that was kind of a fun little deviation for me. And I'm, I'm actually going to be wrapping up. I, I want to share something that all of this has been percolating around. Um, I won't give you the background necessarily, but I was bringing a challenge, a test, a trial I'm going through uh, to the Lord. And I was asking him, okay, how do I get out of my shaming, negative, hopeless mindset? And how do I find the mindset, Lord, you want for me to walk out this situation? You all with me? So even before I do this, I want to take a moment. If, if Robert can have us pause for 60 seconds, even though he couldn't take the whole 60 seconds during communion... We can take a pause right now, and I want you to think about a challenge that's in front of you, opposition that is facing you, 
a disappointment, suffering, a circumstance that you feel is impossible for you. Take a moment, let the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to bring in, just know that it's not your, it isn't your fault, and even if it is your fault, he's with you in it anyway. Um, but think of a circumstance that you want to do this exercise with real quick. I should probably come up with a fresh one myself. Everybody got one? So I'm going to be gutsy. We're family. So anybody need another moment? Raise your hand if you don't have a specific area that you want to find a word from the Lord for endurance for. Anyone that needs another moment? You all got something. Or you're mostly lying to me. I can't tell. Okay. All right. Ho! So I was thinking about this stuck situation in my life, and so, Lord, you know, what do you want me to think about? How do you want me to renew my mind uh, over this? And this has been several weeks now, and it's amazing the power in this, and I think there'll be power in it for you too. The very first thing the Lord told me over this specific situation was, I will be with you in this. As you turn to face whatever the challenge is in front of you, maybe the thing that in your own strength you can't do it, if, like Alyssa's song said, you can take the Lord's hand and know he's specifically going to be with you as you step out into this situation. I don't know why, but my soul just got electrified. <gasps> I'm not alone. The Lord knows. The Lord cares. The Lord's not withholding himself from me. The Lord's wanting to provide wisdom for me. I love the passage in James, if any lack wisdom, what? You need only ask. And he gives generously to all without finding fault. That is my number one claimed promise from the word of God over my circumstances and meetings and challenges that I face. It's like, Lord, all I have to do is ask and you're not even going to find fault, right? Because he's with us. He loves to provide guidance and wisdom for our next steps. So, now, just take that thought, okay, the Lord's going to be with me, and apply it to your circumstance. Take a moment. Who? Oh. Who? Oh. Okay, did anybody find fresh hope for your situation? Seriously. Yeah? Get home. You? You're nodding your head? Okay, Ooh, even my wife. All right. Victory for Charlie. A happier wife. <laughs> is, is, there, is it just me, or is there something about that? It just, it, it excited me it, in a new way, in a fresh way. You don't have to be alone in your circumstances. The Lord wants to come right along side the paraclete the holy spirit right alongside of you in those circumstances don't muddle it through on your own not by might or power you know but by his spirit and not you know in your own ways of thinking but more in his and he will just illuminate that area of your life
But then the other second thought, we're going to apply it to whatever your specific circumstances as well. I thought, okay, well, the Lord's going to be with me in it. And then I just, it dropped in my spirit. It was so clear. And I really do. This one was from the Lord. It wasn't my own thinking or whatever. The Lord said, you can't fail if you try. Now, that doesn't mean I control everybody and I control all the circumstances and everything turns out the way that I want. What it means is, if I know he's with me and I take a step of faith into that circumstance, then already he's encouraging me. Already he's coming alongside me. He's already empowered. I can't fail. If I try, the Lord will honor my faith in that effort. And I'll feel good about myself. Isn't that amazing? You can't fail if you just try. That's all the Lord is calling you to. So now take that thought for a moment and apply it to whatever challenge it is that you're facing. So go ahead. Oh. We need to soundproof the nursery, apparently. <laughs> oh, something tells me the last name of the kids might be McCann, but I'm not sure. <laughs> it's the pick on Miko and Alyssa day, I guess. <laughs> and you're taking it so what? You're enduring me, guys. You're showing patience. Uh-huh. Yeah, and hope, apparently, so. <laughs> oh, Lord. Show. Hmm. Well, I hope this brought some encouragement, some hope, some direction. Um, uh, I don't know, I've... It feels like I've been working through darker times than normal. You know, it, in the kingdom, it often does seem like it's the best of times and the worst of times. You know, when I'm getting really pushed, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll end on this. So if I, I hope I'm not talking at anybody or sounding like I'm preaching, uh, it's a struggle to apply faith in your time of need. Um, and that's why it's called peace that surpasses understanding, because it confounds your understanding. In the natural, you look and all your circumstances are saying, I've been let down. I'm alone. And if you allow your soul and your mind to begin to think about that, you're losing the battlefield in your mind over that situation. But instead... Even these two little tools. I'm doing this very specifically because I've been working those suckers. And I challenge you, work them. The Lord's with you. You can't fail if you try. You're already being set up to be more than a conqueror, to go out there and endure with hope and overcome and conquer your circumstances for the glory of God so others will see, wow, you're the genuine article. You're the real deal. You didn't give up. When others would have, 
you still believe God was good, God was with you, and He's going to see you through. And look, He did! It's amazing! And yet, my flesh hates it when I'm suffering. My flesh hates it when I feel small and weak. And that's the time you've got to remember God is big and He's strong. Hmm. Ah, I just don't know how to add that iron into my life the way I think we need it right now. This, this is, I, I don't want to see anybody taken out by circumstances that seem impossible because he is a God of the impossible. And so uh, I was, uh, what I was going to end on was there was one time, I guess it was part of God's training program for me, where uh, for several days there was an unrelenting assault of a bad attitude about virtually every area in my life. And it scared me. It was like, I'm mad and frustrated with my kids. I'm frustrated with my wife. My job sucks. My finances, my past. I mean, I was getting probed one area after another, after another, after another. And I was getting tired. I was like in hand-to-hand combat is what it felt like. Has anyone ever had your mind assaulted with ungodly, negative thoughts? Oh, I'm not alone. You people are all happy, but some people over here, they, they, know, what it means to, they know what it means to struggle. You know? And so I was getting bombarded. Then finally it dawned on me. It's like, wait a minute. This is a testing to approve in me something good that God wants to do. And the enemy is looking for a chink in my armor, an area of weakness about finances, about health, about family, about him, about whatever. And if I would take the bait and go after the negative thinking and begin to act upon that, I was going to fail that test. I have bad news for you. Get, get excited, okay? This test, and I don't want to exaggerate, but if I remember right, it lasted approximately two months. That's an eternity in Charlie time. You have no idea. But to realize what the battle was about, no, I'm not going to give up my trust in God's goodness over these lies. And by the way, God is never going to allow you to be tested beyond what you can bear. There's just sometimes you doubt his wisdom in the timing of it or in your own ability. But I guarantee you, because he's a good God in your life, you will never be tested You'll never have to endure beyond the empowerment he's going to give you to be able to endure. And you will celebrate the fruit, the strength, the quality that comes out of enduring hardship for his sake. Amen? Ho! I'm not asking for another one of those tests, by the way. I'm not that crazy. I'll receive whatever the Lord has for me. But two months of hand-to-hand combat, woo-wee! But at least if you do it in faith, It's not the same. And that's really the final part of the message. Our suffering, our struggle, our challenges have a good purpose. And we don't have to yield to them in negativity, in doubt, in shame, or in a sense of failure. We go, no, I've been put in a war zone here on earth, and I'm in the winning army, and I'm going to overcome And we're going to accomplish God's purpose for his kingdom and on the earth. Amen?
And so what else elevates our struggle and our suffering more than that? And so let me just end again. I'll read this verse with Paul. I guess I used up all my time. I know I talk too much, but I really believe what I say. I'm sincere at the very least. So Philippians 1, 29 and 30. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. If there's any movement in your little hearts or minds today, when I said it's um, granted to you to not only believe but to suffer, and you go, okay, it's coming. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to embrace that suffering for the good that will come out of it. Then this was an effective message. And if it wasn't, don't tell me. So I, I don't care to know if it didn't touch you today. I'm just going to assume it did. And sometimes if it didn't connect with your mind, it connected with your spirit anyway. Amen? So, Father, we just delight in you. We thank you today. We know that you have an amazing plan on earth. You created a garden for Adam and Eve. They were to be fruitful and multiply. They were to expand. And you were taking back the real estate of earth for your kingdom. Lord, you were going to bring the kingdom ways and love and truth and life and light back onto the earth that had fallen into darkness, and every year more believers, more children are learning to love you and to walk with you and to bring heaven here on earth. And Lord, there's a battle going on and we face the challenges, the conflict and the struggle, and I'll just speak for myself. I try to avoid the conflict often. I get frustrated by the struggle. I get irritated by people who bring challenges into my life. And Lord, I want to repent of all of those ways of reacting that there isn't something wrong, but there's something right. And especially if you're anointing us like Mary, some people are going to misunderstand and criticize. Some, whoa, struggle and suffering may even occur when we are doing the right thing. And God, help us just trust you in the midst of that and know that through endurance, we develop patience. And with patience, character, and with character, hope, and our hope most of all, is in your goodness. Let no one and nothing steal our confidence that you're a good God. Today you're in a good mood toward each of your sons and daughters and you're going to empower us to fulfill every good promise, every word you've ever spoken of us, God. We're going to walk here in the land of the living in that promised land, Jesus, you died to make possible for each of us. I thank you for all of this and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So uh, what I'd like to do, we'll put on some soaking music up there. You guys don't have to do live worship. But I want to offer to pray. I'm going to turn the mic off because it's nobody else's business. But if there is a specific area you would like agreement for uh, endurance, for perseverance, for breakthrough, then I just want to make myself available however long that takes. And the rest of you can bless each other, pray over each other, and have an incredible Sunday. I love you all. Ho! So if you'd like me to agree with you in prayer for an area of your life, just come on forward. Or you can ask the person next to you. You're all the ministry team now. All right.